Hey, good morning, everyone. So glad that you could join us again for our online service here at Impact Life Church. And again, I just want to extend how thankful we are for you, our, our online family, our community that's there. We're just so grateful that you continue to be part of what God is doing through this church. And we want to let you know that you belong here, no matter where you maybe are, but you always will find a home and a place here at Impact Life Church. And we are just find it so dear and so precious that you continue to join us as we serve Jesus, as we continue to impact generations for Jesus. So thank you for helping us get the word out. Whether you're watching right now, I just want to encourage you, maybe share this video if you're watching via Facebook or if you're even on live stream. Maybe just send it to a friend, send it to somebody who may need some encouragement, who may need a word from God today. I encourage you to do so. It's important that you help us get the word out. It's it's vital that we continue to do that. And uh, I'm I'm excited for today. You know, just during this this past week of as I spent some time in prayer and just being with the Lord, I kind of had it on my heart to just take a pause for a moment from what we've been talking about. Really, is about laying a strong foundation. We'll we'll continue along that again as the Lord leads us. But I just really had it on my heart uh, for this morning that we just take some time and kind of the way the Lord showed it to me is that we just take a time out. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but you know, if you're any watching sports or anything like that, uh, once in a while you see like a team, they'll, they'll just call a timeout. The coach comes up and, hey, we got to just call a timeout again just to take a pause, catch our breath, and let's just come up, just see what's happening in the world around us. Just get our focus back. Let's get things back sorted out in our own mentality and just take an overall picture of what's happening and let's just see the game plan from the Word of God. And that's what I want to do this morning. So this morning I'm calling a timeout. So that we can just take some time to make sure we're on the right place at the right time, believing the right thing, thinking the right thing, so that we can effectively move forward. Because in these days that we're living in, there is constantly, it just seems like every week, there's something new that's going on in the external realm. And so it's vital for us as believers to make sure that, yes, our foundation is secure. And part of what I'm doing that is just making sure that we are, again, at the right place at the right time, believing the right thing. And so this morning, you know, one of the things that I uh, wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, Jesus is coming back soon and it's crucial. It's the hour is late and we don't have time to mess around with people's souls, their their lives. The, there is a heaven and there is a hell. And our job as the church is to continue to preach this gospel and reach as many people as we possibly can. So again, thank you for helping us get the, the word out. And so this morning, as I said, calling a timeout and what I want to do is actually put you into remembrance to what the Lord told us about this year going into 2021, God gave us a very specific word and he told us the word encounter. Come on, say it with me, encounter, encounter. And God said to us specifically, we are to expect, we are to prepare our hearts, we are to create environments for encounters with him. And again, the whole purpose of having an encounter with the Lord, yes, it's going to absolutely bless us. Yes, it's going to, you know, get us at the right, get our thinking on right. It's going to give us just maybe the, the, the courage to keep going and to keep standing. But at the same time, it's, we also have these encounters so that we can turn around and now be that encounter of Jesus to somebody else. So it's crucial. God wants us to, to, to dwell with him, to live with him. And this, I want to just remind you again, what God told us going into 2021 is just this word encounter. And this is so crucial that we continue just to take a time to hear this out. Because again, this is what God told us. This is what we're ready for. This is what we're preparing for. And we're supposed to expect. You know, the Lord told us also this along with encounter. He gave us his word, church. It's time to press in. Say that with me again. Press in. 
It's time to press in. Now, why is it important for we as the church and specifically Impact Life Church? Why is it important for us as a family to press into God? Because at this time, there is a spirit that is against the church in this hour to divide, to distract, and to cause us to lose our joy. And the purpose in all that is really to weaken the church, to weaken our testimony, to weaken the message, and really to derail us and get us off on the wrong track. So what we're doing again is we're calling a timeout just to put ourselves into remembrance. I mean, no, it's important to remember things that God spoke to you. It's good to remember what God has done in your life. And this is why we're just taking the time. Remember and why this is important, because there is a spirit that is absolutely against the church in this day, in this hour that we are living in. So we need to go back and rehearse and Put it in the forefront of our thinking and, you know, stir our hearts up on the inside again. Okay, God, you want to encounter. You want to encounter us. We want to encounter you. God, we're going all in. We're pressing in on this. And what we're seeing in the world right now, God already, already knew everything that's happening. He knew this was all taking place. And I want to just read this to you. 2 Timothy chapter 3, <clears throat> verses 1 through 5 in the Passion Bible. I encourage you, grab your Bible and let's follow along with me. I want you to put your eyes let them rest on these words that we're about to read because, again, it's so crucial that we see it because, again, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And there is a lot of truth and there's a lot of power that's packed up in these verses that I want you to see because, again, of the world that we're seeing. And I mean, oh, that, listen, the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3 that in the world it gets darker and darker, but those that are of the household of God, the household of faith, Listen, it can be brighter and brighter for us because as long as we continue to follow the word, believe the word, and be doers of the word, we're going to get godly results. So I want to show you from the word of God this morning what the Bible says about the current culture and the current climate that you and I are now living in. And in verse 1, it says this. Again, I'm reading from the Passion Bible. He says this, but you need to be aware. We know that you need to be aware. You need to be aware that in the final days... <clears throat> excuse me, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. Verse two, people will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Slaves to their desires, they will be ferocious, belligerent. In other words, aggressive, haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the loving God. And finally, verse five, it says, they may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Then the, the Holy Spirit warns us, stay away from people like this. <clears throat> now, what you're seeing in the culture, this right here gives a very blueprint. You know, the Holy Spirit prophesied and showed us to over 2000 years ago of what the culture that we're living in today, what it's gonna look like. And so what the Holy Spirit's trying to do, he's not trying to scare you and I, He's just trying to warn us. He's telling you, you and I need to be aware of the times that we're living in. Not to be fearful, not to be like, oh man, this is what's going on in culture. No, no, no. But so that we are aware of what's taking place and we don't have to be moved by what we see. 
God knew all this was taking place before all of this happened. So now what? Maybe that's a question you're asking. What do we do in a culture like this where it looks like evil is winning? Where it looks like, as we just read all these, uh, um, how evil people will be uh, ferocious haters of what is good and right. And not only that, but addicted to hateful and malicious slander. I mean, what do we do in a culture like that? What do we do when it looks like the evil side is constantly winning? This is what God told us again, part of it. But he said to give access to him. We are to give access to him. Come on, say that with me. Give him access. Give God access. And so what I want to take some time today, I, got, I just got two points that I want to share with you. And these are some things that I have touched on. This was, a, this was a while back now. But the Lord was stirring it in my heart again. Because yeah, even though the world is dark and it's evil and all these things are happening. Listen, again, in the world, it's not going to get brighter and brighter. There is no hope in the world. Simply because there is no Jesus in the world. So what do we do as believers? What do we do as the church? You and I, it's crucial and vital for our being, for our existence on this planet, that we give God access. Come on, I want you to say that with me. Give God access. Write that down in your journal. Write that on a piece of paper. Put that on, maybe you're watching on Facebook. Put that in the comments. Give God access. You know, God needs something to work with. He needs someone to work with. You know, a misconception in the church is this reality or this thought that, hey, God will just do whatever he wants to do. And ultimately, listen, there are, God is in control and he's also not in control. He's in control in the sense that he has a plan and it will be carried through, but he's not in control in regards to, hey, he's dependent upon the human race to help him get it done. Listen, God will find somebody who will work alongside him to get his job done. Absolutely. But that's where you and I come in. How willing or how open or are we willing to give him access so that he's able to work his plan out in this season and in this day and in this culture, this evil culture that we're living in? Are you willing to give God access to you so that he can have access into this earth? That's a question that you and I have to answer for ourselves, especially in the time and the season that we're operating in. Because we know this again, the enemy is at work. And how does the enemy work? Again, he needs access. The enemy can't just come into this earth and do whatever he wants to do because, again, being a spiritual being, he needs to have human form. He needs flesh on this earth to carry out what he wants to do. And so that's where he's finding yielded vessels. Well, it's the same way in the kingdom of God. God needs a yielded vessel to him that will allow him to work not only through them, but also demonstrate what God wants to do in this earth. I mean, that's what this whole Bible is. I mean, it's all about Jesus ultimately. But you see these individuals who yielded themselves to God and God did amazing things through these individuals. It's powerful. But what is God looking for? Somebody who would give him access. And so I guess for us, what, I, what the Lord has been stirring in us, and I, I really want you to get this and write this down. Start a new journal if you have to. Write, type something on your computer. Type something up on your iPad. That it's time that you and I give God access and what that looks like how we can be that individual, how we can be that family, how we can be this church that God needs in this region. You know, that's something that the Lord, I mean, Jamie and I, when we, when we took this church over, it'll be five years coming up next week, actually. February 28th will be five years that we stepped into this role of lead pastoring and what a joy and honor it's been. And this is one of the things that we really, you know, just laid out before the Lord that, Lord, we don't want to be just necessarily a church that every other church has. We want to be a church that you need 
that you find vital and of necessity on this earth. And that's what we're endeavoring to do is that we continually give God access. God, what do you want to do in our city? What do you want to do in our region, in our province and nation? How can we be of best vessels for you that you can bring your kingdom down through this earth through us? Lord, we're just open. And thank God he's so gracious and he's so kind. And he's willing to work with us amidst all of the mistakes I've made and the things that I haven't seen. God still is willing to work with people. And so I want to just encourage you with that, that maybe maybe you didn't you know, do everything right. That's okay. God's not looking for somebody who will do everything right. He's looking for someone who will say, God, I'm available to you. I want to give you access. And it's crucial that we, especially in this time and this season, we give the Lord that space and that opportunity to have access to us. Now, the next question obviously comes in now, how do I give him access? How do I give God access? And again, there's just two things that I want to share with you. Number one is this, that I, to give God access, number one is this, I need to guard my love and my hunger for the Lord. I'm going to say that again. I need to guard my love and my hunger for the Lord. No, the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, how many know this, that Jesus not only became your Savior, the rescuer of your life, but he also now became your Lord. And, you know, in Revelation chapter 2, you can actually read that for yourself. And the, Jesus had a message for the church in Ephesus. And he actually, you know, he, he commended them on a lot of great things that they were doing. But then he also said, There's, I have one thing against you, that you abandoned your first love. And so for you and I, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, how I many of you remember when you did that? And the love that you had for God was just, oh man, it's, it was Jesus in the morning, Jesus at lunchtime, Jesus at dinner time, Jesus in the middle of the night. All you thought about, talked about, worshipped, it was all Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And that's what happened with the church of Ephesus. The way it started was miraculous, right? You can read that in, I believe, in Acts chapter 19. And the signs and the wonders and the miracles that God did through the Apostle Paul, like it just talks about astounding miracles. And they started off wonderful. They started great. And then what happened over a period of time, they just got involved in doing church or, you know, doing churchy things, going to conferences and, you know, hearing other great teachers. And all that stuff is great. It's wonderful. Serving in the church. All those things are good and we should be doing that. But then he said... What has happened is that you've actually abandoned your first love. You let go of the love that you had for me at first. And so what he said is, I need you to repent and return to that first love and do the works that you did at first so that you can continue to be the influence that I've called you to be. And what I want to share with you right the, uh, this morning, again, is that I need to guard my love and my hunger for God. Why is this so important? What do I have to guard it from? And I want you to turn here in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 17. Again, in the Passion Bible, it says it like this. Don't allow the actions of evil men to cause you to burn with anger. <laughs> I'm going to read that again. Don't allow the actions of evil men to cause you to burn with anger. So what do I have to guard my love and my hunger from? I'm guarding my love and my hunger from burning anger, which causes me to sin. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4... Verse 26 and 27, I want you to turn there and I want you to see this because again, what am I doing? I'm guarding my love. If I want to give God access, I have to protect, I have to guard, I have to be on the watch that my love for God and my hunger for God does not dwindle. You know, my love and my hunger for God is my responsibility. 
I can't look to anybody else. I can't blame anybody else. I can't look to somebody else to keep me hungry for God. That's something that is my responsibility, right? Say that with me, my responsibility. I can't depend on my wife. I can't depend on my children to keep me hungry for God. I'm supposed to keep my hunger for God. And that's your and my individual jobs. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4, 26 and 27, again, I want you to see what the Apostle Paul says this, again, through the Holy Spirit. He says this, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So other translations kind of say like this, be angry and sin not. Is it okay to get angry? Yeah, it is. When is it wrong for, to, for, for anger to continue to reside? Is that when it actually causes me to act out or causes me to, to freak out or to, you know, to... Uh, react or respond in an anger way. Because what's the problem with anger? Anger gives the foothold or gives opportunity, gives you know um, a doorway for the enemy to get in. The Passion Bible says it like this, don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let it lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge, not for even a day. So again, like what the New Living Bible says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. So it's this morning right now, and whatever time you're watching this, listen, you only got a few hours left. I mean, we're still in February here. So the sun does go down pretty early. So let me encourage you, if there's anger, if there's problems that you're still mad at something, the Bible commands us to let that anger go before the sun goes down. It's not, a, it's not an option for you and I. If there's something that's ticking us off, if there's something that we are angry about, the Bible says you can't hold on to it longer than if this, when the sun goes down. When the sun goes down, you have to release that and you've got to let that go. You, why is that so important? Because if I don't, the Bible tells us that you give foothold or you give access for the enemy to come in. And I mean, not to, you know, kind of get in all the side of this, but this is where a lot of bad dreams come in. This is why people wake up grumpy the next day. This is why people have horrible sleeps is because they festered that anger. They kept that anger brewing on the inside of them and they refused to let it go and actually just start, you know, give it over to God and let, let God be, let his goodness and his, and his mercy be the final thought of my day. They've held on to this anger or they've something that's happened and they've seen take place or what they're witnessing in this culture in this day. What has happened is they've held on to this anger and what does that do? It actually gives foothold for the enemy. I'll continue reading it in the Passion Bible, verse 27. It says it like this, don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate, which means to handle or control you. Ultimately, what does the devil want? He wants control of your in my life. He wants to be able to handle you and I. But here's the thing, just reading these verses, and again, there's so much in there, but for time's sake, I'm not going to get in all into that. But the devil cannot just do whatever he wants to do. He can't just come into your life and just wreak havoc. He can't just come into your life and handle you or control you any way he pleases. He needs a foothold. He needs an access point. He needs a door. And the door for the enemy is you and I festering anger. 
If there's any anger in us, this is what he's looking for. He'll continue to brew that. And what happens all of a sudden, if something angers you, maybe something you've seen this past week, something you've seen over the course of this year, something that happened to you personally today, and what happens, that anger gets on the inside of you. And if it's not let go and given to God and just, Lord, I pass this to you, the care, the frustration, the uh, of what it does to me, if I keep festering that, what happens, you know, come the next day, come the next day, come the next day, I'm starting to callous my heart to the Spirit of God, and I'm starting to open myself up to the enemy, and now all of my thoughts now are bitter, they're hostile, they're frustration, simply because I've held on to something. And if I'm led by anger, meaning this, if I speak out in anger, if I act out in anger, if I even post on social media in anger, can I just tell you something? Guess who's at the helm of that? It's not God. It's the enemy, Satan himself. If I'm controlled, if I'm moved, if I speak out of anger, God is not the one that's speaking through me. I'm now being controlled or handled by the enemy himself. And this is what God, um, in James chapter 1, 19 through 21, again, in the Passion Bible, it says, my dearest brothers and sisters, Take this to heart. So I want you right where you're sitting, take this to heart. Open your heart up to this. Open your heart up to the correction of the Spirit of God. And he's saying this, be quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to become angry. What are we quick to do? We're quick to listen. We are slow to speak and we are slow to get angry. A lot of times, especially in the timing and the culture that we're living in today, it is so easy to do the opposite where we are quick to become angry, we are quick to speak, and we are very slow to listen. But you and I, we are commanded to be slow to speak and then, or sorry, not slow to speak. We are, um, we are to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. He says in verse 20, human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. Then he says in verse 21, so this is why we abandon every everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature, for the word of life has the power to continually deliver us. What's he saying with this? He's saying, let God be God. Let him be the deliverer, right? That's what he's saying. So rather than, you know, letting the, the, the anger that I possess, the anger that's going on the inside of me, that anger will never promote God's righteousness. It will never promote God's right ways of doing things, human anger. And, you know, Jesus actually said this too in uh, John chapter 6, verse 63. He says that the flesh itself can produce nothing. Flesh can produce nothing. Flesh can produce nothing. But life comes from the Spirit. And, you know, just this past week, I actually sent out kind of a, um, a response to what we just happened, happened here in our, in our province. Uh, just to mean of not only with, you know, lockdowns and um, restrictions, and we even had a, a pastor this past week that got arrested. All of these things, they stir up and they create a lot of emotion. And I don't know about you, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, a lot of worry maybe to some. But what God is saying for you and I, is that our anger does not promote God's right way of living. Now, I was talking about a, a righteous indignation. I'm not explaining that. I'm talking about humanistic anger. 
And you and I, we have got to give God opportunity and access to move on our behalf so that he's able to do the changes and make the necessary moves that he needs to. But in order to do that, he needs access to somebody. And so this is what I'm saying from the church. This is what God is speaking to us again. I need to take a time out from everything that's going on out there in the world. And I need you and I to just go back to what he told us. What did God say to us? He told us to expect encounters, to prepare our hearts for encounters, to create environment for encounters. And at the same time, he said, it's time to press into me and give me access. Church, I, I don't know how else to say this, but you and I, we've got to be doers of this word. It's not okay for you just to hear this kind of message and go, oh yeah, another another message today. Yeah, that was good. It was nice to kind of go through that. I did my, my Sunday morning checklist and I'm, I'm good to go now. You have got to take this, heed these words with everything you've got, with warning, with correction, with man, just a heart, okay, God, I'm going to be a doer of this. You and I have no choice now, but we've got to become pursuing the Father like we've never pursued Him before. You've got to get your nose in this Bible. You've got to spend time in prayer so that you have answers, so that you are able to move forward in this time and in this season that we're in. It is vital because that's part of the way, as I said even this past week, that's how we can retaliate properly. A proper retaliation. Because a lot of times when people think of retaliation goes, hey, I'm going to do something and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fight. I'm going to say, I'm gonna, and I'm not, I'm not saying not to write your MLAs. I'm not saying not to write, you know, the premier, not to make a stand for what is true. I'm not saying any of that. But first of all, we have to retaliate in the spirit. And the example that I gave again was in Matthew chapter 14, when the John the Baptist was, was killed in prison, he was beheaded because there was a party going on at the palace and the king liked the way that a girl was dancing and he just got, you know, slobbered all over and oh man, look at this girl, she's amazing. I'll give you up to half of my kingdom. Just a drunken orgy mess, disgusting. And what happened in it? John the Baptist was beheaded because of the king's promise of, hey, I'll give you up to half my kingdom. So that's how Jesus' closest relative that's how his closest ministry partner who knew and understood Jesus more than anybody else at that time was beheaded. So the feelings that Jesus had, could you just imagine for a moment, your cousin, your relative, the one who knew you the most is now killed because of some drunken party. Man, and the opportunity for to, to walk in rage, the opportunity to be so upset and so angry at what this stupid king just did, Believe it, it's, it was there. Jesus had that. He's Listen, the Bible talks about he, is, uh, he doesn't go untouched with the feelings and the infirmities of us. He knows how it feels. He knows what it's been like. Yet instead of retaliating and responding in the natural, he did it in the spirit. And that's so crucial for us as believers. We've got to see this. We've got to understand this because again, that's how we move forward. It's how we continue to take ground as we move the church forward. This is how Jesus is going to do it. He's going to do it through us, but we've got to give him access. Let's retaliate, but let's retaliate properly. We're going to do that in the spirit. And what we're going to do is we're going to dig in. We're going to press into the Lord. We're going to have amazing encounters with God so that in turn what we do is we continue to lay hands on the sick, see them recover. We continue to preach the gospel and watch people come in accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. That's how we retaliate to all the restrictions that we see in the natural. What do we do? We press into Jesus like we've never pressed before. I, I can't say with more urgency, this is just bubbling up on the inside of me. Church, it's time to wake up. 
It's time to see, because listen, the day of the Lord is coming soon. He's coming back and we don't have time to play around with people's souls. There is, as I said, beginning of the service, that there is a real heaven, there is a real hell, and people are going in one place or the other. We've got to claim souls as quickly as we possibly can. We've got to do it as effectively as we possibly can. And the way we do it effectively is that we continue to be in response to him. We give God access. We give him something to work with. Now, I know it may come across like, I'm, I'm not angry. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm actually stirred up, excited about this. But I can also see on the other side, man, the enemy is trying to derail us by causing division, by causing, you know, all these natural circumstances to be distracting in our eyes and distracting in our ears. So church, what I'm doing again is again, time out. Whoa, hold on, hold on. Let's stop all of this and let's go back. What did God tell us? It's time for an encounter. It's time for you to press in. It's time for you to actually come into me and give me access into your life so that I'm able to reach your family, reach those that are in your, your workplaces, reach the community that you're a part of. Come on, give me access. Give me access. This is what God's saying. So let's go back to what we know to be true and let's continue to live that way. Now, so if I won't let anger control me, then what do I do? So, okay. So I'm going back to what we were just talking about. I'm not going to let anger control me because again, anger does not produce the righteousness of God. So what do I do? Again, go back to Proverbs 23, 17, where it says, um, this don't allow the actions of evil men to cause you to burn with anger. Then he says, instead. So instead of letting all the evil actions of these men and these women that you see that's perverted, instead of giving my attention and letting my rage just burn with that, what am I going to do? Instead, burn with unrelenting passion as you worship God in holy awe. So rather than burning with anger, as I said, what's taking place, the restrictions, the confusing regulations, the masks issue, the arrests, all these things that are taking place, we must turn and begin to magnify the Lord and allow the awesomeness of God to fuel our passion for him. Listen, because when you see somebody that is on fire for God, people will come and watch you burn. I remember hearing that said. There is nothing when somebody is just so turned on to what God is doing, what God is saying, and really in tune with what the Spirit of God wants to do. Man, those people continue to, to um, move people, continue to draw people, because again, God is reaching people and He wants to do it through you and I. So this is what we're doing. So instead of burning with anger towards what these evil actions are doing. We are turning our eyes from the evil that's always being taken place, not ignoring it, not just going, oh, whatever, that's just going to happen. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that the majority of our focus in, oh, my God is so wonderful. My God is big. My God is just. My God is righteous. My God is the healer. He's a provider. He's the savior of the world. My Jesus is strong, full of wisdom. You magnify him. You make a big deal about him in your life. And what happens with that? And in this place of complete surrender and in this place of pure worship, he now leads us and he tells us where to go, tells us what to say, and we continue to advance this kingdom. It's crucial that you and I, we continue to give ourselves to God so that he can move us and speak through us however he wants to do. And this is what we're doing. Remember again this, that the safest place for me to live is in my hunger for God. The strongest place for me to live is in my hunger for God. My hunger is a place of humility that keeps me in this place of dependency upon him. 
Listen, you, staying hungry for God protects you. Staying hungry for God will continue to move you forward. Staying hungry for God will continue to not only see, but experience the goodness of God on a regular basis. So stay hungry. Don't let anyone, don't let anything take out that hunger. It's the enemy trying to distract you from who lives on the inside of you carrying out his plan in your and my life. It's crucial. And again, let me remind you in this, the state of our city, the state of our province, the state of our nation now, God actually intended that the hungry poop people are the ones that are in charge. That's what he says. I want you to go in Psalm 107, verse 33 through 38. Again, I'm reading from the Passion Bible mostly today. It says this, whenever he chooses, he can dry up a river and turn the land into a desert, or he can take a fruitful land and make it into a saltwater swamp, all because of the wickedness of those who dwell there. But he also can turn a barren wilderness into an oasis with water. He can make springs flow into desert lands and turn them into fertile valleys so that cities spring up and he gives it all to those who are hungry. Now he's not talking about those that are deficient in food. He's talking about those that have a desire and are hungry for God. Those that will find themselves continually dependent upon God to speak, God to move, God to respond. These people, it says, God is placing in charge of cities. It says in verse 37, they can plant their fields and vineyards there and reap a bumper crop and gather a fruitful harvest. God will bless them and cause them to multiply and prosper. It's crucial. You and I, we stay hungry. And I want to just show you the standard for our hunger. Romans chapter 12, 11, it says this, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot boiling hot. You know, I remember used this example one time that uh, my mom is, my, my mom is a real tea drinker. And as, as kids, we always, we had tea. And uh, one of the things about her that was always so funny is that, you know, when the kettle clicks off, she'll, you know, if she's kind of busy doing a couple of things and literally if the kettle had just been off, even for a minute, 30 seconds, knowing that it's still hot, she'll flick it back on because she will never have lukewarm or just warm tea. The way she likes her tea is boiling hot. So one of the, the images that I always have of a kid of her is always seeing her at the kettle and flicking the switch. Flick the switch. Say it with me. Flick the switch. Now, for her water to be hot for her tea, what did she have to do? She had to flip the switch. Flip it up, flip it up, flip it up. Keep it always turned on. Well, it's the same way for you and I. When it comes to our relationship with God, guess who's in charge of flipping the switch? It's my job. It's my job to keep my passion for Jesus boiling hot. And how do I do that? I flip the switch. Spend time in his word. Spend time praying in other tongues. Spend time, you know, listening to the word, hearing the word, become doing of the word. The more and more time that I'm giving God, giving him access to me, what am I doing? I'm just keep flipping that switch. Every time I sit down and I turn into my Bible, guess what I'm doing? I'm flipping that switch. I'm flipping that switch. God, I want to know you. I want to see you for who you really are. And that responsibility falls onto you and I. Now, Finishing up with the rest of that verse, he says, radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. This is now the standard for how we live our lives. The standard, the Christian standard for my passion towards Jesus is boiling hot. This is how we're supposed to live our lives. And so I want to encourage you, flip the switch, turn it on. If you find yourself, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I, I mean, I, I enjoy, you know, spending time with God. Listen, flip the switch. Your future depends on it. 
Your family depends on it. Your calling depends on it. Ultimately, our nation depends on you keeping your switch turned on. Well, I'm just a person. I'm just one man, one woman, one boy, one girl, one teenager. Listen, you can see what God can do through one person who keeps their switch turned on. You can see it throughout the Bible, all the amazing things that God did through people who just kept the switch boiling hot. God, I want you. I'm flipping that switch. Do it. Do whatever it takes to protect that boiling water from going into a simmer. We refuse to let the boiling water just go. No, 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 no. We flip that switch. We want that boiling water continually boiling hot in our lives. So that's number one. Secondly, now is this. How do I give God access? Number one was that I'm going to guard my love and hunger for the Lord. And number two now is this, that I'm going to continually be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now this will also, by being filled with the Spirit, you're protecting your, your, your love and your, your hunger for God. But also this, I want you to see this, being filled with the Spirit is a divine command and a glorious privilege for the believer. It's a divine command that you and I be filled with the Spirit. And just as much as it's a command from God, it's also an absolute privilege that we have, that we get to be filled with the Holy Spirit himself. Oh, man, it's amazing. <laughs> you know this, being filled with the Spirit helps us pick up divine impulses. It keeps us connected to the spiritual realm. So, you know, I mean, as I said already before, we know Jesus is coming back. And so by being filled with the Spirit, what do we do in this time before the Lord comes back for His church? And where we are right now is that as long we continue to stay filled with the Spirit, and what we're doing is we're staying connected to Him and picking up divine cues so that God is able, able to maneuver, able to speak, able to use us as vessels to be glory dispensers, to be those that carry the kingdom and bring a culture of the kingdom everywhere that we go. That's what he's looking for. And I want you to turn my last verses here in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. And I want you just to see what the Spirit of God tells us for in these last days that we're living in. He says, verse 15, be careful in the New Living Bible. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Okay, can you see right here before I go on to verse 18 to 20? I want you to see though, this is, this is what God requires of us. He says, be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Don't live like a fool, like those that have no idea what's going on. But he says, live like those who are truly wise. Okay, so the question we're going to answer after this is, well, how do I do that? He says, live like those who are wise. How do I make the most of every opportunity in these evil days? I'm not supposed to act thoughtlessly, but I'm, only, I'm supposed to understand what God wants me to do. And you know, I'll, I'll just kind of throw this in here for a moment too. One of the biggest questions that I get asked um, as a pastor is this, is I'm not quite sure what God wants me to do in my life. I'm not sure what the plan of God is. And listen, you know, one of the ways that you find out is by being filled with the Spirit, which we're going to get into so many times we spend so much time going, God, what, do, what is my life? What do you want me to do? And meanwhile, we miss the divine command of staying filled with the Spirit. Because if you're filled with the Spirit, you will live wisely. You will make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. You won't act thoughtlessly, but you will understand what God wants you to do when you're filled with the Spirit. 
So then that, look at this, verse 18 through 20. He says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, so instead of getting drunk with wine, he says, I want you to be filled or drunk in the way that this, this version brings out, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, why does he bring it out that way? How many of you have been filled with the Holy Spirit where you can pray in other tongues, right? Just lift your hand. That's, that's a good thing, right? You're able to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, maybe you had an initial feeling at one point. Maybe you came up to a church service. Maybe you did it at our church and you came to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you said, Lord, I want to be able to speak in other tongues. And you spoke with other tongues. Woo, thank God. That was your, you got filled with the Holy Spirit. But the way that the Greek brings out this verse, he says, be being filled. Now, what does that mean? What's he saying is because you and I, we are being the, the, the people we are, you know, made of flesh. We have this, we have leakages in us. There's leakages that we have. And so what we got to do, we don't just get filled once. The Bible tells us and to continually be filled. So I may have gotten filled last week, Sunday, but guess what? I'm going to need to be filled again this week. Just because I got filled back, you know, when I received the Holy Spirit or I went to a powerful meeting and I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I, I spoke with other tongues and it was just amazing. The presence of God was, that's wonderful. But guess what? You're going to need that again and again and again. And that's what God is telling you and I, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, he explains how. How do we do it? How do we get filled with the Holy Spirit? Singing psalms and hymns. What are psalms and hymns? These are songs that you may have sung this morning but before you heard the message this morning, songs that you heard with the worship team, songs that you kind of listen to in the car, songs that you have in the shower, songs that you just may know, right? I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice. That's a psalm and a hymn, those, those songs that you know. Then he says, and you could also do it, and spiritual songs. What's a spiritual song? It's those that you actually can, you can sing in other tongues. Now, again, if you pray in other tongues, you can also sing in other tongues. And how does that go? The exact same way. That's praying or singing in other tongues. Goes on to say, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. And notice this, making music to the Lord, where? In your heart. You're staying connected. It's in your heart. Verse 20 then goes on to tell us, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So how are you filled with the Holy Spirit? You just stay connected throughout your day. Let me just encourage you, just start singing songs and hymns throughout your day. When you're in the car, keep that connection. Keep that the divine connection continuously going. When you're in your car, you can sing in other tongues. Sing songs unto the Lord. And where are you doing it? You're doing it in your heart. You're not just going, oh, this is the day, this is the day. No, you're, you're, you're intentional about it. And then you know, this is something that I've been practicing for my own self. You know, there, there's a book that I've, I've read and I continue to read. It's called Practicing His Presence. Um, the, the, the names of the author, there's two gentlemen that wrote it, an old, old book. Uh, but what it is, one of the challenges that they made for themselves is to see if they could actually live their lives thoughtful about God every second of every day. And what it is, is kind of their journal entry to see what has happened as they, they made this their, their goal in life is to be thinking about God throughout the entire day. And it's, it's actually a really cool 
book just to kind of hear the, the challenges they had and not just some of the challenges, but also some of the experiences they had where they tried just to become complete doers of this word of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to encourage you in the season and the time that we're in, it is crucial for you and I to be being filled with the Spirit. We cannot relax that down. We cannot just stop and all of a sudden, well, I got filled once and because of what the culture, what's going on out here, it is trying to suck the life of God right out of me. It's trying to suck anything good, anything spiritual, anything lovely, anything good right out of me. So instead, I'm guarding my heart, protecting it, my hunger for God, protecting my love for God, and I'm remaining to stay filled with the Spirit so that whenever God calls on me, I'm ready. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. He tells me, hey, I want you to pull over here and I want you to show my love to this individual. On it, I'm on it, God. Or hey, I want you to you know, go to the mall and I'm gonna get you to talk to this person. I'm on it. Or while you're walking in, you know, in a grocery store or something like that, God will just impress on you. Hey, I want you to pray for that individual. Let's, let's, uh, let's command healing in their body. Boom, you are so ready. And you're not nervous about it because you're so in tune with him that you know he's the one that has to perform all this. You're just simply the vessel that he's using in order to demonstrate his love and his power in this city and in this region. So this is what I wanted just to take some time to command you and I to commend us, but also to stir us up again. This passion, this heart for God and staying filled with the spirit. It's no longer just something that we can kind of, oh, that was a nice message I've heard. And it's time that we become active doers in this because listen, Jesus needs us. And we need him on this earth. External pressure demands the, pre the presence of Jesus. We don't just need the idea of Jesus. We don't just need, you know, churchy things. We need him. We need him. Everything he is, everything he has, everything he wants to do, we want him and we need him. And I, I, that's, again, that's, that was my heart. That's what I wanted to get across to you. And I believe that you got it. I believe that you you heard this message and I encourage you, share it. And if you need to hear this again, hear it again. Let God continue to minister to you through the words that we just spoke this morning. And listen, I'm so thankful that you have the Holy Spirit in you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you got the Holy Spirit in you. And he's able to even share things with you that I'm not even smart enough or able to even bring across. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. So let's continue to be doers of this word. As we continue into 2021, we are those that are continually hungry for God. We love Jesus and we are filled with the Spirit. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We love you so much. And if, hey, you got prayer requests, if there's things that we can agree with you on, please make sure you reach out to us. If you want to know Jesus Christ, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, today is your day. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. You simply have to just do this. Father, just say this with me. Father God, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe it. I receive you into my heart. I receive you into my life. I give you my life to be the boss over, to reign in, to rule in, and I'm forever yours in Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, let me encourage you, reach out to us, but this is the day that now, hey, you're not just a Christian, you belong to Christ, and that's who you are. You are now a child of the Most High God, and God now, He has a plan for your life. 
It's always been there, but we want to come along this journey with you. We want to hook you up with some, some, some tools to help you on this journey. Please reach out to us. You can message us, email us, give us a call. You can find all that information at impactlife.ca. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.